Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. I'll now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together... We can make a difference. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Bull Diorama tonight. Today. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 49, nearly at 50, The Muppets. Uh, thank you for being here, thank you for listening, thank you for staying well during these times. Keep at that. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you for listening to this episode on The Muppets. Um, if you're new to this podcast, um, I just wanted to say a big thank you for listening and welcome. Thank you if you listened to the previous episode on The Thing. 1982, um, which was amazing to finally cover. Um, and the response to it was just really brilliant. Um, I know that that movie has a lot of love out there for it, and, and quite rightly. Um, that episode also happened to come out uh, on general release on its 38th anniversary, um, which was not my intention because the schedule was pushed back a week out of respect for the Black Lives Matter movement. So it was supposed to come out the week before. So the fact it came out on the 38th anniversary was a lovely little fortuitous coincidence and I am here for that. If you do like this episode or The Thing or literally any episode I've put out, I would really love it if you would take a moment to rate and review Verbal Diorama on Apple Podcasts. Obviously, five stars would be awesome um, because it's the best way to show any podcast that you love them. Um, and so it's the best way to show me that you really like what I do. Um, it does give me a massive boost. I'm not going to lie. Um, and best of all, it's completely free and it literally takes two minutes. So it is well worth your time and my time. Um, but I'm not going to dilly dally around because I really want to talk about the Muppets. So over to the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Muppetational trailer. Um, and I think you'll be green with envy about this one. Have a great vacation. Hi. Hi. 
Two people searching for love. This is the most romantic thing ever. I've always dreamt of seeing Los Angeles. One chance to go the distance. I was just wondering what the plan was for dinner tonight. Oh, I don't care. What do you feel like? Okay. I'm going to go for a walk. But sometimes... I forgot my anniversary with Mary. You have to break your heart. You know when you've been trying to figure something out and you can't figure it out and you figure it out and you're like, duh. To find its other half. You're my best friend. Jason Siegel. I love Mary. I love her so much and I can't lose her. Amy Adams. I love you too. Kermit the Frog. Hi there. Miss Piggy. Kermit! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. Are there Muppets in this movie? Well, yeah, yeah. Wait. That's not the right trailer. Play the right trailer. It's like working with a bunch of Muppets in here. We're trying to get the old gang back together again. We haven't done this in a long time. Your fans never left you. The world hasn't forgotten. Sure, it's impossible, but we've got to try. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Muppets. Yes! Let's go! Wow. I can't believe we're all back together. Yeah! Sorry. I was super excited. The Muppets have always been about artistic integrity, not cheap tricks. Check it out. Fart shoes! This is going to be a really short movie. Oh, look! What's that over there? A what? Hi! Throw me over. I think that's an electric fence. It's an electric fence? Yep. Maybe you don't need the whole world to love you, you know? Maybe you just need one person. Oh, Kenny. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny! I don't care what anybody says. I believe in you. And you. You think we should have rented a bigger car? This Thanksgiving, there's no movie like a Muppet movie. Jason Segel, Amy Adams, Kermit the Frog, and Miss Piggy. Ow, that hurt! The Muppets. Walter, the world's biggest Muppet fan, travels to Los Angeles with his brother Gary and Gary's girlfriend Mary for Gary and Mary's 10-year anniversary. While there, they visit the old Muppet Studios and discover that greedy Tex Richmond plans to demolish the studio and drill for oil on the spot. Desperate to save the Muppets' former stomping ground, the three friends join forces with Kermit to reunite Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal and the rest of the gang to hold a telethon to raise the $10 million they need to save the studio. So let's just quickly go through the cast because this is obviously a huge cast um, and a star-studded cast as well. So we have Jason Siegel as Gary, Amy Adams as Mary, Walter as himself, Kermit as himself, Miss Piggy as herself, Gonzo as himself, 
Fuzzy Bear as himself, Animal as himself, Rolf as himself, Scooter as himself, Beaker as himself, Chris Cooper as Tex Richmond, Rashida Jones as Veronica, Jack Black as himself, Zach Galifianakis as Hobo Joe, and Jim Parsons as Human Walter. Uh, there's also a host of cameos in this movie. Um, there's, I mean, literally loads of them, but here's a few. Ken Jeong, Alan Arkin, who also actually is the only person who appeared in this movie and The Muppet Show in 1976. Kristen Schull, Donald Glover, Sarah Silverman, Emily Blunt, Whoopi Goldberg, Selena Gomez, Dave Grohl, Neil Patrick Harris, Judd Hirsch, John Krasinski and Mickey Rooney, among many, many others. Uh, the Muppets was written by Jason Siegel and Nicholas Stoller and it was directed by James Bobin. It was based on The Muppets, created of course by Jim Henson and Jane Henson. The Muppets themselves started their careers in Salmon Friends in 1955. Uh, they moved over to Sesame Street in 1969 and they gained their massive following and huge celebrity status with, of course, The Muppet Show, which ran from 1976 to 1981. Kermit has been the longest standing member of the group along with Rolf and both appeared in talk shows during the 1960s. In 1976, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Gonzo and Animal joined the group for The Muppet Show. The Muppet Show was nominated for 21 Primetime Emmy Awards, winning four including Outstanding Variety Series in 1978. A movie career naturally beckoned for this amazing group of talented performers. The group's first movie, The Muppet Movie, came out in 1979. It featured 250 Muppets on screen at the same time, which is a record, and was followed by The Great Muppet Caper in 1981, The Muppets Take Manhattan in 1984, The Muppet Christmas Carol in 1992, Muppet Treasure Island in 1996, and Muppets from Space in 1999. In 2004, the Muppets started talks with Disney and agreed to an acquisition to allow the performers greater exposure and a resurgence with the next generation of potential fans. And the Muppets, this movie, The Muppets, the 2011 version, is the first feature film starring the Muppets under this partnership the group have with Disney. So this movie is the seventh feature film featuring the Muppets. It's the first without the involvement of Frank Oz and Jerry Nelson, and it was actually pitched by longtime Muppets fan Jason Siegel. Siegel, uh, who had written and starred in Forgetting Sarah Marshall in 2008, which is great, by the way, uh, worked with the Jim Henson Company to produce a Dracula puppet for his character's Dracula musical in that movie, which is also fantastic, by the way. Um, Jason Siegel also wrote and performed the musical numbers for that Dracula puppet in the movie. The experience bolstered him to pitch a concept to Kristen Burr at Disney in 2008 for a brand new Muppet movie. Um, and he enlisted help from his Forgetting Sarah Marshall director and friend, Nicholas Stoller. Their premise was for Siegel to write the movie and for Stoller to direct the movie. Jason Siegel grew up with the Muppets um, and he felt like today's generation of children, the generation who'd missed 1999's Muppets from Space, were also missing out on a childhood favourite of his. Um, as we know, the Muppets never get old. So he decided it would be a really good idea to reinvigorate the characters and introduce them to a brand new generation of children while also uh, appealing to the adults who also love the Muppets. The movie was originally titled The Greatest Muppet Movie of All Time. It was 
at one point also called the cheapest Muppet movie ever made. Uh, and it became apparent that Nicholas Stoller would not be able to direct it. Uh, that was due to the post-production on his Forgetting Sarah Marshall semi-sequel slash spin-off. I think it's a spin-off, actually. Get him to the Greek. Um, that was overrunning. And so uh, Disney needed a new director. They approached James Bobin, uh, co-creator of Flight of the Concords. At that time, he was also in the running for directing duties on Bridesmaids, um, which is episode 40 of this very podcast, by the way. Um, Flight of the Concords, starring Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement. Um, Jermaine Clement would go on to What We Do in the Shadows with the wonderful Taika Waititi. Uh, was a musical comedy about two Kiwi musicians who tried to make it big in New York. But we're going to come back to Brett McKenzie a little bit later. Uh, Nicholas Stoller would not direct this movie, but he would retain a writing credit for it um, and admitted in interviews that they really wanted an old school Muppets movie. They wanted to get as many cameos and guest stars as they could. Um, And Jason Segel was confirmed as the lead role in the movie. And it was also confirmed that the movie would be released Thanksgiving in America in 2011. Uh, Amy Adams, uh, obviously probably one of the greatest actors of her generation. Uh, In my opinion, I think Amy Adams is truly a wonderful performer in every regard. Um, She was considering roles in Cameron Crowe's We Bought a Zoo and Alex Kurtman's Welcome to People um, at the time when she was offered the role of Mary in The Muppets. But she wasn't just offered the role by a casting director or the director. She was offered the role of Mary by Kermit the Frog himself. Uh, genuinely. Kermit, uh, along with Jason Siegel, uh, they recorded uh, a little thing for her. They sent her a DVD. They invited her to star opposite them in the movie. And Adams admitted that it was hard to say no to Kermit. Um, The role of Tex Richmond was originally written with Alan Rickman in mind. And I really like Chris Cooper in this movie um, with his maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Um, But... How wonderful would Alan Rickman have been? Um, Alan Rickman is... I'm surprised that I haven't featured Alan Rickman on this podcast at all, actually. Because I haven't. But I will be. Because I adore Alan Rickman. um, And how wonderful would he have been in this movie? Um, But anyway, Chris Cooper is great. And obviously he and also Rashida Jones, um, they they ended up being confirmed in October 2010. If I had one complaint about this movie... Uh, which overall I don't, to be honest, because I just think this is the most delightful and joyous movie that has literally ever been made. It would be that they need to use more of Amy Adams because Amy Adams is just the heart and soul of this movie. Um, She is bringing full, full on Giselle from Enchanted Vibes into this movie. Um, But if I did have one complaint, it would be they needed to use more of her because I think Amy Adams is just so fantastic. She just lights up the screen, genuinely. Um, And being honest, it annoys me a little bit that Mary just forgives Gary. (laughs) And I know that's terrible because it's a movie that's essentially aimed at children um, and the, the children will want Mary to forgive Gary. But I don't want Mary to forgive Gary because Gary is not the best boyfriend for Mary. Um... But that's my relationship issues aside. Um, I, I, I genuinely wish they'd used more of Amy Adams. Enchanted is very, very much on my big list. And 
Um, it's something that I really, really want to get to because I think she's just phenomenal in Enchanted. But anyway, um, so principal photography started in late 2010 and on-set images were featured in Entertainment Weekly in that November. Um, that provided information about the concept of the movie. It had quotes from Jason Siegel and James Bobin. Um, it had photos of Siegel with the Muppets and it also had a first look at this new character, Walter. So Walter um, is named after Walt Disney. Uh, he is a brand new actor in the Muppets roster. He is introduced as a central protagonist, as well as Gary's brother. Walter is a sweet, sensitive, but very enthusiastic Muppets fan uh, who struggles with insecurity and self-esteem. But ultimately, he has a strong connection to the Muppets, which makes him question his identity and whether he's a man or a Muppet, um, which coincidentally is also a song as well um it's a story about him finding himself and being true to who he is just as much as it being a film about saving the muppets and bringing the gang back together his human alter ego um a cameo by the big bang theories jim parsons was not announced beforehand uh it ended up being leaked on the internet just before release Hollywood Boulevard was closed for two nights in January 2011 to film the reprise of Life's a Happy Song outside the El Capitan Theatre, which featured 100 dancers and extras, as well as Jason Siegel and Amy Adams. Stage 28 of the Universal Lot was used for the Muppet Theatre and incorporated parts of the old Phantom of the Opera set. Other musical numbers were set to appear in the film, including a new rendition of Kermit's signature song, Rainbow Connection, as a duet with Miss Piggy. Rainbow Connection, originally performed by Kermit for 1979's The Muppet Movie, reached number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 in November 1979 and received a Best Original Song nomination at the 52nd Academy Awards. The American Film Institute named Rainbow Connection the 74th greatest movie song of all time. The banjo Kermit uses in The Muppets is the same banjo that he used in his performance in 1979. Uh, Kermit also actually posted a new version of the song in April 2020 uh, on Twitter to help lift spirits during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's worth mentioning too that The Muppets don't appear on screen without help. Each Muppet has his or own personal performance assistant to help bring the best out of each take. And in the case of Miss Piggy, an illustrious wardrobe, hair and makeup. So it's worth calling out those fantastic people who, who without, the Muppets just couldn't perform to the standards to which we're accustomed. So Steve Whitmire, Eric Jacobson, Dave Goles, Bill Barretta, David Rudman, Matt Vogel, Peter Linz, Tyler Bunch, Bruce Lanoyle, Alice Deneen, Nathan Danforth and Michelin Sisti. Thanks for being so incredible. The Muppets would not be the Muppets without you. The promotional marketing for the Muppets started with a fake trailer for a romantic comedy called Green with Envy, uh, the trailer of which you might have heard at the start. Um, the poster showed Amy Adams and Jason Siegel arm in arm. Um, this trailer was shown at the opening of Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. A second fake trailer called The Fuzzy Pack coincided with the release of The Hangover Part 2 and parodied that movie. A third fake trailer accompanied Green Lantern. It, called, it was called Being Green, uh, where Kermit recites a piece similar to the Green Lantern Oath. The tagline for that fake movie was It's Not Easy Being Green. In the trailer, Gary, obviously played by Jason Siegel, comments on the fake trailer gag, exclaiming, 
Wait, 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 stop. Is this another Muppet trailer parody? Why don't we just show a real trailer? What are we hiding? Did we make the movie in Swedish or something? The trailer ends clarifying that the film is not in Swedish. That's not the end of the fake trailers, though. The pig with the froggy tattoo, aka the girl with the dragon tattoo, also came out, followed by the final parody trailer, which lampooned the first fake trailer, Green with Envy, as well as Paranormal Activity 3, Puss in Boots, Happy Feet 2 and the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn. Happy Feet 2 and Breaking Dawn would end up being released the same day as The Muppets. Prior to the movie's release, original performer Frank Oz, the legendary Frank Oz, I should say, who I've mentioned before on Little Shop of Horrors only a few episodes back, and who also directed The Muppets Take Manhattan, was shall we say, less than enamoured with this new version of The Muppets. He stated, I thought the first one was really smarmy. These are my brothers and sisters working in the movie and they didn't have a good time. When we did movies, we had a great time because Jim was collaborative. That is not what happened in the first movie. I thought there were wonderful things in it, but in general, I start to vomit when things get over sentimental and sweet. It's all because Disney don't understand purity. Scathing. He also criticised Disney's corporate viewpoint of the Muppets as a financial commodity and their insistence on overusing characters like Kermit and Miss Piggy purely for financial gain. After the release of the movie, uh, Frank Oz modified his earlier statement by saying, I thought the film was really sweet and fun, a little too safe, a little retro. I prefer more cutting edge in the Muppets. But the main thing is everyone got back to appreciating the Muppets. It brought people back to the Muppets, although they never really left. It's always been a kind of subculture. It's always been there in our popular culture a little bit. So I'm happy that people are happy. Frank Oz released a documentary called Muppet Guys Talking. Uh, It was shot in 2012 and it followed him, Dave Goles, Fran Brill, Jerry Nelson and Bill Beretta talking about the iconic characters and their time working with Jim Henson. Uh, Another famous character was due to appear in The Muppets. Um, Elmo, obviously from Sesame Street, had an appearance planned, um, but it was eventually denied by lawyers. Um, And so we never got Elmo's cameo, which is quite sad. Four original songs were written and produced for The Muppets by Brett McKenzie, as mentioned earlier, from Flight of the Concords. He also served as music supervisor, His song, Man or Muppet, won the Best Original Song Academy Award against only one other nominated song, which was called Real in Rio. It was from the animated movie Rio. Um, It's quite rare that only two pieces get nominated um, in one year. But that year, in the year uh, 2012 Academy Awards, this was, there were only two um, Best Original Song nominations. So it was a 50-50 chance. Um... I've never seen Rio, but I think Man or Muppet was a shoo-in, really. Um, So Brett McKenzie, as I said, wrote four songs for the soundtrack. He wrote Man or Muppet, Life's a Happy Song, Me Party with Paul Roman, and Let's Talk About Me with Ali D. Theodore. Um, Pictures in My Head was written by Jeannie Lurie, Arisa Contis and Chen Neiman. The score of the movie was by Christoph Beck, who's done a lot of movie scores and TV scores, actually, in his life. But I mostly know him from doing the score of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Rainbow Connection was written by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher for the Muppet movie in 1979. And the Muppet Show theme is obviously also used in this movie. Um, That was written by Sam Pottle and Jim Henson. So one thing that I like to do for every movie that I feature, or from 
actually most of the movies, not all of them, I can't say I've done it for all of them, but I've definitely done it for most, uh, is something called the obligatory Keanu reference, where I try to link Keanu Reeves to the movie that I'm featuring. Um, and sometimes it's really difficult and sometimes it's really easy. Um, but to be honest, this particular obligatory Keanu reference makes me a little bit green with envy, I have to say, because it seems that Keanu has a potential romantic history with Miss Piggy um, that I was not aware of. So in The Muppets uh, episode Hostile Makeover, Keanu is listed as one of many potential dates for Miss Piggy at the People's Choice Awards, but Piggy ends up going with Josh Groban. I'm not sure if she and Keanu ever had a thing, but I kind of feel like, why would they not? Because I think Miss Piggy is a bit of a catch. So The Muppets was released November 23rd, 2011 in the US, the same day as previous episode Arthur Christmas uh, was released. Um, it also went up against the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1, uh, which was obviously the biggest movie at that time. Uh, that meant the Muppets opened second that Thanksgiving weekend. Um, financially, it made $88.6 million domestically in the US and $165 million worldwide, which for a movie that only cost $45 million was a good return on Disney's investment. It was enough to warrant a sequel. Uh, the sequel was called Muppets Most Wanted. It was again directed by James Bobin and written by Nicholas Stoller, but without Jason Siegel's involvement in either writing or acting. It was co-written instead by James Bobin and it starred Ricky Gervais, Ty Burrell and Tina Fey. Uh, Muppets Most Wanted didn't do as well commercially, uh, so it cost $50 million and it achieved only $80.3 million worldwide. Obviously, the obligatory Keanu reference for that one is so easy, um, mainly because Kermit the Frog's evil doppelganger is called Constantine. Uh, episode 26 of the podcast for that one, by the way. Um, I must add, I have seen Muppets Most Wanted and... It's a movie that I really struggle with and I think I struggle with it because I love the Muppets so much that it can't emulate the same feeling of this movie. Um, and I, I don't know why exactly I'm not so keen on it. I think maybe because Jason Siegel is not involved in it because I feel like Jason Siegel brings the enthusiasm and the warmth to this movie that it really, really needs because it is a nostalgic look at the Muppets and yeah I don't quite think Muppets Most Wanted works as well there are some really funny moments in the film don't get me wrong um but given the choice I would choose the Muppets over Muppets Most Wanted anyway that's what I think about the Muppets but what do other people think about the Muppets well I'll tell you um another thing that I like to do is I like to pop onto social media and I like to find out what people think um Turns out a lot of people love the Muppets, um, which is pretty obvious, actually. Um, over on Twitter, at Movies Work, said, I love the Muppets, though I will say this feels less like a Muppet movie and more like a movie about why we love the Muppets. Still teared up hard at Rainbow Connection, though. And to be honest, I think that's quite a good summary. Um, it's nothing like other Muppet movies. Um, it's, it is more about the nostalgia of the Muppets and why the Muppets mean so much to us as well as trying to be a traditional Muppet movie. But I think that's why I love it more than any other Muppet movie. But anyway, uh, at 
Gundam Gulliver said, I think it works pretty well as both a Muppet movie and why we love the Muppets. The journey of both Walter and Gary definitely has similar shades to Kermit's journey in the Muppet movie, but their journey is based around their and our love for the Muppets. At Geek Salad Radio said, I started and ended this movie with a smile that never faded. A surprisingly relevant movie about reclaiming relevance. It also has an amazing series of original songs, including Life's a Happy Song, the best Muppet song that's not Rainbow Connection. At Stunt Goat 75 said, I loved that movie so much. To add the genius of Brett McKenzie's songs into the Muppets, world was a work of genius. At Derek Jones 198 said, I've often wondered, am I a Muppet or a man? I adore this movie. It feels like a classic Muppet story with while being a reunion. I think Jim Henson would be proud. At Movies at the Mat said, I feel this is second only to the Muppet movie in the Muppet franchise. It embraced the fun, magic and hilarious cameos of the original while also telling a very real and relatable story. Few things make me laugh as much as Walter running and screaming. At BLC Agnew said, The Muppets is The Force Awakens of Muppet movies. Or rather, The Force Awakens is The Muppets of Star Wars movies. And I mean this as an absolute compliment to both films. The songs all slap, the humour hits the right pitch between heartfelt cheese, total grown-up puns and genuinely clever gags, Muppet Man and Travel by Map in particular, and the emotional climax works like gangbusters. Brilliant sequel and also a perfect intro for new folk. At Wolzo said, absolutely loved it, shame they didn't make any sequels. Um, which they did, it's called Muppets Most Wanted. Uh, <laughs> Um, over on Instagram at Black Case Diaries podcast said The Muppets was a triumphant return to the big screen for Kermit and the gang I remember how special it felt to see them sing Rainbow Connection at the end with everyone gathered outside to show them how much they were missed this movie honoured Jim Henson and got younger people excited about the Muppets it's one of my all time favourites and Facebook Sheena said first of all no one will ever convince me that the Muppets are not real people this is one delusion that I refuse to let go of That being said, I was concerned when the movie was announced because reboots and remakes are very rarely worth watching, but I felt like it was on par with the original Muppet movie and far superior to the ones that came after it. The end of this movie makes me cry every time because it brings back so many memories of watching them when I was a kid. I don't think you're deluded, Sheena. Uh, The Muppets are real people. Um, I'm not sure who would say anything otherwise. Whoever would, uh, I think they're deluded, uh, quite frankly. But saying that, it does bring me on to something that I did want to say about this episode in particular. The Muppets as characters um, hold such a special place in people's hearts that it makes sense to not only pay homage to them, but also credit the wonderful team behind them. In this episode, I wanted to retain some of the magic of the Muppets, whilst also paying tribute to the people behind the scenes. Um... I hope that came across because it's not something that I usually do. Usually I will go into a lot of technical detail about how things are made. But I find with a movie like The Muppets, it's really important that you kind of keep the magic real. Um, And to me, The Muppets is more than just puppet work. Um, The Muppets are real. They've always been real. They've always felt real. Um, The characterisations have always felt real. Um, And it's something that I truly believe. Um, The Muppets... The Muppets have this ability for us to regress back to our childhoods. To appreciate the simple things in life. To always be kind to each other. And to embrace your weirdness. A bit like Gonzo. Um, 
that to love others, you need to love yourself, like Miss Piggy, um, and that the Muppets can bring everyone together, no matter your beliefs, because everyone loves the Muppets, and to be honest, they love you just as much as you love them. Thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on the Muppets. Um, as I said, this is a bit of a different episode this week, um, and yeah, I, I hope you've enjoyed it regardless. The next episode is kind of a big deal. Uh, it's Anchorman levels of big deal. It's not about Anchorman though, sorry. Um, because it's the 50th episode of the podcast. Um, and it makes sense really to go back to my love of animation for this landmark 50th episode of Verbal Diorama. And I really am going for a landmark in animation. Um, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you will know how much I love traditional hand-drawn animation and how much I love stop-motion animation. And I've featured both many times. Um, The thing is, there's one movie that really changed everything, uh, the whole landscape of animation. um, And it came out in 1995. And I have to talk about it. I can't not talk about it. Um, The next episode, the 50th episode of Verbal Diorama is on Toy Story. Um, it is hard for me to just talk about Toy Story because I have so much love for the sequels, uh, but I'm going to save them for future episodes. Um, and I really, really hope that you will join me next week to discuss Toy Story, uh, and, and just the wonderful achievement that Toy Story is and the wonderful things that Toy Story has given the world. Um, I am very excited to talk about Toy Story. If you like this episode, I've also done episodes on Titan AE, Captain Marvel, Dread, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, Sky Captain, The World of Tomorrow, Pleasantville, The Cabin in the Woods, Speed, Aladdin, 1992 and 2019, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Charlie's Angels 2000, The Mummy 1999, The Matrix, John Carter, Willow, The Iron Giant, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Logan, Edge of Tomorrow, Legally Blonde, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 4, Episode 10, Hush, Mystery Men, Passengers, Stardust, Constantine, Arthur Christmas, Akira, Kubo and the Two Strings, The Incredibles, The Lego Movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Howl's Moving Castle, My Neighbour Totoro, Spirited Away, Treasure Planet, Clueless, Hellboy 2004, Hellboy 2 The Golden Army, Bridesmaids, Tremors, The John Wick Trilogy, A League of Their Own, The Night's Tale, this is so long, I'm so sorry, Little Shop of Horrors, 1986, Rogue One, Princess Mononoke, and The Thing, 1982. Oh my God, that is literally, this list is ridiculous. Um, They can all be downloaded wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) If you you care to listen to that many, um, listen, it's going to be 50 episodes long next week. Uh, well, actually, no, 49 episodes long next week, 50 episodes long the week after that. Um, yeah, I really need to fix that. <laughs> I need to do something. I'm so sorry I laughed in the middle of that. I don't know why I found it so funny. 
uh, I think it's just because it's just ridiculous now. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, you can do so. I am at Verbal Diorama. You can get me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I also have a Letterboxd account where I post all the movies that I'm watching that week. Um, if you want to support the show financially, you can do so on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Verbal Diorama. The tiers start at $2 a month. They are all Keanu themed, obviously. Um, and you get some lovely little perks. Um, a massive thank you to the patrons of this podcast. Simon E, Sade, Hardy L, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Jason, Kristen, Kat, Andy and Mike. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, you can email me if you want. Uh, Verbaldiorama at gmail.com. Not many people do, but if you want to, it's there. You can also visit my website, verbaldiorama.com. I have a column over at Film Stories magazine. It is an independent British movie magazine. I would love it if you would support it. There is a new issue coming out soon. I do bits for that. I also do bits for Film Stories online as well uh, every week. So uh, look out for those. And finally... What do you mean the Muppets aren't real? Jess, what are you saying? Oh, you mean it's a movie. I don't know why there are so many songs about rainbows. Maybe we should ask Kermit. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection the lovers the dreamers and me bye movie should know.